Oh my god. Fucking hi, everybody. My name is Jacob, and this is the first episode of my podcast, Misreading the Signs. Um, so I've really been wanting to get into creating, um, for years now, but I've never really known what platform to use. Um, like I'm fucking horrible with technology and, uh, um, honestly super busy over the years, but lately I've just, um, been like seeing so much that's going on out there and just realizing that I really need a platform to use my voice and to entertain and just, you know, let the world in on my shit show of a life that some people might find relatable or funny or, um, you know, I honestly might even help someone. So anyways, Let's talk about the na- the name of the podcast, Misreading the Signs. So, as some of y'all may know, or absolutely none of y'all, um, last year I had a very rough yet um, prosperous year. Um, 2022 was a fucking disaster for me um I was living in Dallas Texas and um I had been there for a little over a year and a half before I came back in late September um I moved to Dallas with um nothing so I'm from Kentucky born and raised I went to college at the University of Kentucky And when I left college, I still had one class to finish, Spanish 202. Um, But I moved back to my hometown. I started renting a house um, by myself. The house was fucking huge. And I was just, like, severely depressed, you know, like I had went off to college and adapted this um, big bigger town mindset and it just fit me um and then moving back to my small town you know I was just surrounded by the same small-minded ideas and people that I felt like have always held me back in life um so it kind of started out as a joke I have never been on Craigslist list in my entire fucking life And I randomly get on Craigslist one day, and I'm just, like, searching up big cities, you know, for roommates. I didn't have a job at the time. I was getting unemployment for the COVID bullshit, and um, I didn't have a job, so I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? You know, how can you rent an apartment without a fucking pay stub to prove type shit? So... I was honestly just fucking around, bored, you know, I was like, there's no fucking way, whatever, you know, I emailed all these creeps on um, Craigslist, and these people are just, like, talking shit via DM, like, what the fuck, you're trying to move in with somebody and you don't have a job, just like, and I'm like, what the fuck ever, okay. In T-Ways, fast forward, I find... A man's in Dallas 
who's like 60 years old. We start chatting, whatever he's looking for. A house boy slash slash pool boy, someone to clean the house and the pool. Um, you know, and give rent at a is it called subrated? Subrated low rated, super low rated rent. So like when I first fucking moved in there, so I did it. I fucking did it. I moved to Dallas with no idea what the fuck I was getting myself into. I have never been to Texas. I had never even been, I never traveled west of Chicago. So this was like fucking huge. And me and this man started talking. I agreed to move in with him. And then literally two days later, I have everything fucking out of my house and loaded in my small ass. Toyota Camry and I'm and I'm on the way to fucking Texas. So sorry, I had to light up a cigarette because your bitch is a smoker. Because I'm not on drugs anymore. Anyways, we will get to that. Um just remember this whole explanation is going back to why the name of the podcast is Misreading the Science. So I get my dumbass and my Toyota Camry, drive 13 hours to Dallas, Texas, and live with this fucking 60-year-old with no plan. I had no job. Still needed to finish my Spanish class to get my degree, so I had no job, no degree, no fucking plan, nothing. All I had was the support of this 60-year-old creep who... If it if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be fucking true, bitch. Like, what the fuck? I get myself into this situation. He's not creepy at first, whatever. We're like friends. Then it becomes like toxic. He's like trying to tell me what to do, trying to get me to cuddle him in bed, trying to get me to take my clothes off after coming inside from a run. Just like all this random shit. Um... So I was like, this is not going the way I wanted it to. Like, when I first... And y'all got to remember, I'm coming from small town Kentucky. Homophobic, racist, fucking... All that shit. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now I'm in Dallas, Texas, living with a 60-year-old queen. Gay queen. And he's trying to run my fucking life. Well, it gets to the point. So he made me get a job because he's like, you're 22 years old. You need to get a fucking job. Like, it's part of it. Because when I first moved there, I was literally partying every day. Like, I drove straight from Madisonville to the bar, I got to the bar at, like, midnight after a 13-hour drive, and then I drove to his house after. Like, I couldn't meet him fucking sober, what? But, and, he, and of course, when I got there, bitch, he was sitting up waiting on me the first day to meet me, which, I mean, I would be to if someone, someone I didn't, never met was about to walk the fuck in my house, but anyways, so I am... Um, yeah, so it was just, like, such an experience. He made me get a job. 
Anyways, he ended up kicking me out on Cinco de Mayo because I had made plans with this big group of random ass people who I met at the bar who I was like telling I needed friends, you know, I didn't know anybody. And they all invited me out for like dinner and then to go out that night. And I was like, oh my God, hell yeah. Like, this is my chance, bitch. Like, I'm about to have friends. I'm about to have friends here, you know, like, and I don't care what anyone says. It is not easy to make friends in a new city. And I don't know what the fuck Dallas's problem is, but these people are fucking come guzzling bitches. Like, pretentious and I can hang with the best of them bitch I can act any way y'all want me to but like I don't know it was hard to make friends anyways bitch kicks me out on Cinco de Mayo because I make plans with these other people and he wanted me to go have dinner and marks with him and his co-workers he's like a nurse practitioner by the way um so he's like I can't believe you're blowing me and my friends off. Who I met before I met his friends, you know, they're his coworkers. They were super sweet and cool. Like, um, we had a birthday dinner for me, and um, some of his friends came in April. But, anyways, we're in May, bitch. So he's like, I can't believe you're blowing me off to go on a date with someone you've never met. And I'm like, what the fuck? I literally just said I'm going out with a group of friends. And, like, the friends I went with, like, um, these random-ass people, like, one of the, um, their pronouns were, um, she, her, but they were going through transition to he, him. Um, so they were having a gender-affirming surgery, and their mother... Um, have came to dinner with us. Like, this was like a fucking family friends fucking intro. So I was like, you're fucking psychotic. Like, what? And he's like, I'm kicking you out. And I'm like, okay, bitch, kick me the fuck out. Like, all of my shit will be out of there. You know, I literally have nowhere to go. And I've been living in Dallas in this fucking man's house, not saving any money from the job he made me get because, like I said, was going out seven days a week. Bitch, and I am about to have to move out of my own. So I'm like, at this point, you know, this was a fun free vacation. I just need to pack my shit and move back to Kentucky. But I'm like, why the fuck would I do that, you know? Like, I don't want to go back to Kentucky and be fucking miserable. Or prove to everyone that I couldn't make it on my own. Which, it started out as a joke, you know. I tell my friends, like, I told, like, the two to three real-ass bitch friends what the fuck I was actually doing, you know? And it was kind of a joke, and they're like, you're fucking insane, you know? And I'm like, I I thought it was funny. I thought it was cute. I thought it was, like, crazy, whatever. And back then, you know, crazy was quirky, and, you know, you just did shit like that. Anyways, so I was like, you know, I can't fucking let these people think that I couldn't make it out here on my own. So what did I do? I turned into a hard-working, independent, manipulative-ass bitch amongst other labels. But I get an Airbnb. 
I'm living in this Airbnb for two weeks and I'm renting it from this gay couple who two of my coworkers lived at this apartment complex. It was like an apartment type thing, I guess you would call it. I mean, it was an Airbnb, period. So anyways, um, I lived there for two weeks until I signed on my first apartment ever. Um, so I moved into a studio on kind of like, still in the city, of course, but like on the edge of the city. Um, it was the first apartment I toured and I was just so needing something right then because I was paying, um, $800 a week to stay in this Airbnb and that just, you know, wasn't fucking working, bitch. Who can pay 3200 a month when I was, li- I literally just got a job, you know, so. A bitch was scraping coins to meet that 800 a week. Well, I sat on this fucking apartment, and I'm like, holy shit, bitch. Like, you have made it. Like, you are doing the damn thing. Independent as hell. Moved in. Slept on the fucking floor the first night. Didn't have furniture. Was fine with it, you know? I'm like, so little miss, um, start over. You know, and at this point, I had made some good connections. I started working at the Roundup Saloon, which is a very popular gay bar in Dallas, which would later be my fucking downfall, um, naturally, for any gay man, you know, who gets heavily, heavily, heavily involved in the gay party scene, you know, and almost killed me, but bitch. Um, anyway, so, yeah, from there, I'm like, fucking loves it. Oh my god, bitch, was that a fucking ride or what? Oh my god, it was fucking insane. Everything started out smooth, then I got mental with it, like, Full-on alcoholic, drug addict, mental illness, check, like, bitch, should have been institutionalized. Went to jail, Dallas County Jail, and let me tell you, this shit is not like the fucking movies, bitch. Like, I fucking went to jail looking like a hoe hooker, shirtless, shoeless, wearing some fucking booty, booty cut shorts, some fucking hoochies where you can see my fucking Pikachu, bitch. Hanging out, wearing a jock strap, literally prostitute, gigolo. Anyways, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Bitch, I was so bad on alcohol and drugs, I literally fucking lost everything. And when I say I lost everything, I didn't lose it. I sold it. I sold my car, bitch. I fuck. I lost all my jobs. Didn't want a job. You know, I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't work for like six months and. Sorry, another cigarette. I'm disgusting judgment. But anyways, I didn't work for like six months. And in that time, I met my fucking role model. And she was a pimp. She was a female dominatrix pimp and 
she kind of like taught me my worth. It's fucking insane. Like, I'm a very sexual person. Um, and I will be completely open about that on this podcast. I'm a very sexual person. Always have been. I started my sexual journey with women, you know, um, and since then, I feel like I have explored every fucking inch, um, emphasis on inch, um, of the sexual spectrum, and I don't know, I feel like there's nothing I haven't done, like, literally, but anyways, gross, not gross, empowering, but... I don't know, it's just, like, when I reflect back on all of the crazy shit I've done, like, crazy sexual shit, I'm like, oh my god, I could write a fucking book, and then I'm like, wait, I need to unpack this with a therapist first, like, why did I subject myself consensually to those things, like, is it childhood trauma, is it, like, post-grad trauma, I t- is it fucking gay, sh- gay, tra- it's gay normal, normal, bitch, can, does anyone understand this shit, like, is it gay normal, you know, like, I was, like, going through all types of shit, I didn't know how to fucking act, and in that, with the mixing of drugs and alcohol and already being a sexual person, I was a fucking whore, bitch. I was a fucking whore. Like, I'm serious. And I and I loved it. And, you know, I think you should be proud of being a whore. You know, I'm pro-ho, of course. But it got to the point, you know, that, like, when you walk into a bar and you slept with literally three-fourths of the bar, you know, and everyone's, like, whispering about you and, like, pulling their phone out, like, showing their friend a picture of you, or, like, your nudes, or, I'm not even gonna, I loved it, bitch, (laughs) I'm not even gonna act like I didn't love it, bitch, I love attention, bitch, but, in retrospect, you know, you're, like, that's not fucking normal, you know, like, you don't, I don't know, why am I fighting myself on this, I'm, like, you don't want to be that girl, and I'm, like, I did want to be that girl, I was that girl, I am that girl, Anyways, um, but yeah, it just got to a point where I was like, what the hell? But anyways, sorry, I'm jumping all over the place. The female pimp, empowering, you know, she was like, you need to monetize, monetize what you're doing. Like you have a lot of power within yourself and you express it sexually and you need to stop letting everyone you come in contact with or anyone who treats you like, I don't know how to say this, not with respect, but like, you know, like any person that was fucking nice to me or like smiled at me, you know, I'd be like, okay, you want to fuck, you know, and I would let them just like the bare minimum, you know, fucking the bare minimum. But anyways, so I was like, it kind of made me take a step back and look at things. It kind of find my worth in the most non non definitional way, if that makes sense. Like I found my worth by putting a price tag on my pussy bitch. 
Do you hear me? Like, I started charging. And um, not everyone, you know, because... Sorry, cigarettes out. I started charging here and there. And kind of just loved having the ball in my court, you know, like it's very empowering when you know, you have something someone wants and you can make money off of that, you know, like supply and demand, bitch, and I was in high demand, but also the supply was there because I was giving it out left and right, so honestly, I was inflating these hoes, bitch. <laughs> But, anyways, that, the sex work slash drugs and alcohol all tied in together, and that contributed to my fucking, um, breakdown. I literally had, like, a quarter-life crisis, mental fucking come apart, psychotic break, um, and we will get to that in a whole nother episode, um where I tell my story about um, how I got in that position and the people I surrounded myself with that personally, I, I of course don't blame. I take full responsibility for my downfall, but the people you surround yourself have a lot to do with um, how your story plays out. And I'm a firm believer in that, you know? Um, but we will get to that full story and how I survived rehab, bitch. I went through, um, two psych wards, then to a rehab. The first rehab, I was being sexualized and, um, threatened by the other, I'm going to say inmates, but it wasn't jail, bitch. Um, patients, um, sorry, I'm like in awe right now, I just had like a moment, but you know, the other patients, um, so I left there, went to a third psych ward, and from this third psych ward, I went to a rehab facility that was dually a psych ward and honestly it was one of the best experiences of my life you know it was so liberating it's the first time I'd ever met a psychiatrist but besides you know the three fucking prior um psych wards but it was the first time I had like a regular psychiatrist I saw them daily it was the first time I had ever done therapy which that's fucking awful everyone needs therapy bitch therapy is sexy it's 2023 get the fucking therapy you fucked up piece of shit like oh my god like I can't fucking stand people who don't believe in therapy and trust me I live with them and I'm surrounded by them every fucking day in this small ass town but therapy changed my life trauma therapy um group therapy all of the hell fucking aroma therapy bitch 
physical therapy, not really my thing, but bitches getting back in the gym, you know, because it, it really is good for your mental health, exercise and clean living and um, routine and all of those things contribute to our perception of ourselves and our, our mental health, our mental state. So, um, it's really been a fucking journey, bitch. But now, um, I got out of rehab in November of the last year and I've been thriving, you know, it hasn't been easy starting all over. I'm back in Kentucky. Um, but it's been very rewarding to live sober, you know, and this was kind of like a forced decision, you know, events that led up to me having no other option but to get clean and to go to rehab um, that I did for myself, you know, like I reached out for help. I voluntarily went through those psych wards and went to that rehab and just Coming out on the flip side of that is just so refreshing and revitalizing that um, I would do it all over again. Or if I could do it all over again, I would never put myself in the position to be there in the first place, you know. But part of this podcast, I'm wanting a platform, you know, to be able to relate with others who are going through what I'm going through or have been through what I've been through. And um, it's not fucking easy. It's hard as fuck, bitch. And um, it's never going to stop being hard. So you've got to try your best just to get it the fuck together and figure out how to live with these things in yourself and um I'm no fucking expert trust that but um I do feel like I have learned so much about myself and so much about those around me and so much about the world we live in today and just so much about certain scenes like oh my god the gay party scene bitch if I could write that shit off on my taxes like Bitch, they owe me compensation, honey. This shit ain't even right. Um, but yeah, so misreading the signs. When I was in rehab, I was in rehab with a woman who I love dearly. She's back in rehab, um, which is good for her, you know what I'm saying? People fall off the fucking wagon. It happens. I have fell off the wagon since I've been out of rehab on alcohol. Um, and it just goes to reinforce that I can't have fucking alcohol, you know? And um, I will never be able to have alcohol. But anyways... Um, misreading the sign. I was in rehab with this woman and she was on drugs and she did all of these things. Stole a vehicle. She was stealing guns. Anyways, 
to sum it all up, she was on a high-speed chase or whatever. Um, her and her daughter, she had her daughter with her, and she was geetered the fuck out. And um, stole a car from someone's home. The car was loaded down with, like, camping shit. It's just so funny how the story works out. And this is a real legit story. Like, it's on fucking, it's on the news online and shit. Um, she goes to this house. She steals this Beltline truck, goes to a house, drops the truck off. Her and her daughter get in this fucking car that's loaded down with camping shit. So, of course, her methed out brain is like, thank you, Jesus, for putting this car here loaded down with camping shit for me and my daughter. Like, thank you. This is for us. Well, the hot bitch gets down the road in the fucking Subaru she just stole and thinks to herself that the Beltline truck she stole previous has a bomb in it and that bomb is going to blow up half of their town, including the innocent people she just stole the car from. So the bitch turns the car around, goes back to this house to tell the people that the Beltline truck she left there is going to blow up and they need to evacuate. And when she pulls into the house, the police SWAT team are there because the bitches she stole the car from called the fucking police, of course. So her daughter is getting out of the car when they see the police and she looks at her daughter and says, Get the fuck back in. I've misread the signs. And I think about that every fucking day. Because I have fucking... No matter what it comes to, I misread the signs, bitch. The position I am in now is because I misread the signs. The the shit I went through 10 years ago is because I misread the signs. The reason I don't have a significant other or any fucking stability in my life is because I misread the motherfucking signs. Do you hear me? So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I think about it every day. And when I thought about doing a podcast or a YouTube channel, I just, that has stuck with me. You know, um, because I feel like everyone can relate to that. Like, you've definitely been in a position where you're like, fuck, this is definitely not how I thought this would go. And if I would have just read read it right, my life would be a whole lot better. I would be in a whole lot better situation. But motherfucker, I misread the signs. So yeah, um, thank you for listening to this introduction. I'm so excited to get this going and um, definitely wanting to hear any type of feedback or ideas for episodes or anything like that. I don't have um, what's going to be a clear schedule of like when episodes are uploaded or anything like that. Now I'm kind of just testing out the waters and like, bitch. Right now, I have a fucking AirPod in. I'm sitting on my front porch. Like, I know y'all hear that shit. But I have ordered a fucking microphone. And yeah, I'm gonna, this is gonna be some 
professional ass shit. So yeah, come listen, subscribe, like if I get any of those platforms where you can. And yeah, bitch, stay pretty and try not to misread the signs. All right, over and out. Love you guys. Mm -hmm. Ciao.